Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast in which we talk about topics that help churches and ministries protect what God has called them to lead. I'm your host, Marielle, and on today's episode, we will be speaking with Shala Graham. Shala is a writer, speaker, and founder of Calling Qualified Ministries. Shala, we are so grateful to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're so excited to have you. So I just wanted to start off and ask you to share a little bit about um, what God is doing with Calling Qualified Ministries and a little bit about your journey, about how you got started. Sure. Uh, So I would, I guess I would say that maybe 2016, I was actually, you know, spending time with God and I had this, I was struggling with this feeling of being unqualified, like feeling called to ministry, but feeling unqualified, whether it was, you know, not going to seminary, being a woman, all the things, right? Um, And so I remember as I was having my quiet time, this phrase of calling qualified just kind of dropped into my heart. And I thought, yes, like, God, you have called me to this. And therefore you are qualifying me for whatever it is I'm supposed to do. I was like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I have no platform. I have no audience, but I do know that you have put something in me to speak to other people. And I just need to do that. So I just kind of wrote on a sticky note. I was like, okay, we're going to, you know, do some devotionals. (laughs) We're going to do some uh, uh, women's retreat events, mission trips. We're going to do some, um, maybe it's coaching or, Um, counseling or something like that with businesses. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 23. So I'm about 15 years into this kind of life. Um, And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to believe that was my word for the year. I'm going to believe that you have called me to whatever it is. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm going to believe that this is for me um, and that you're going to do. And it doesn't matter um, how many people I reach, but that I reach who you have called me to reach, whether it's one person, five person or more. Um, I just need to walk in that and I just need to be obedient to the thing that I know you have told me to do. So later that year, I kind of surprisingly uh, was interviewing for a youth pastor role, which I had never done youth ministry before. Uh, But it was one of those things where someone kind of spoke over me, like, you're called to be a youth pastor. And I was like, are you sure? Cause I might try to shake a child of Jesus. Cause I don't know, like if this is like right for me. Um, but the pieces just fell into place without me even having to like try super hard. And so, um, so that happened. Um, and I think that as I was looking at like, okay, believe calling qualified, I was like, I feel very unqualified to do this. Um, but as 2019 was coming to a close, I still have that sticky note. I still have that sticky note inside of a Bible or a journal somewhere. And I still look back at it and says the year was coming to a close. I was like, okay, God, like, I know that you have called me to speak and to write. I started uh, speaking at conferences, I believe the year prior. Um, And I was like, I don't know exactly like what this looks like. Again, I feel like that's like my life, right? I don't know what this is going to be, Jesus. Um, But I feel like you're telling me to do this thing. Um, So how do I make this next step of obedience? And so somewhere along the lines, I'm researching. I'm like, well, how do you do this? I've run businesses before. I feel like this is supposed to be a nonprofit. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what the paperwork is. I I, I just know that I can't take owner's draws at the Wendy's drive-thru. So this is this is like my level of understanding um, and people need, you know, a 501c3 in order to, to deduct things. And so um, somewhere along the way, I'm Googling, trying to figure out, well, how do I do this? What is, what, what is a, a 
a, a ministry, a nonprofit or a religious nonprofit? Like what? I don't know what this is, Jesus. And so I happened in my Google search because Google's my buddy. I was like, oh, there's like an organization called Star Church that does this thing for people like me who have no idea what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> so I just bookmarked it. And then down the road, when I was finally like, okay, Shelly, you need to pull the trigger on this. Like, you know that you're supposed to start something. God has already spoken to you that you are supposed to start something. I was like, is this a church? Is this a ministry? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm supposed to start something. Um, and so I just, you know, kind of started that process and have been super grateful for the support of Start Church because uh, I, I, so much of it is so unknown to me. I've never had to have a board before. I've never had to do like these specific kinds of filings with very clear articles of organization that need, I've just haven't had to do that as a regular for-profit company. Um, so it's just been super great. I just yesterday, I got my uh, sales and use exemption certificate. Uh, so I was like, yes, That's feeling awesome. like a grown up here. I am adulting <laughs> full time here and I'm excited about it. Um, but I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing what God is doing. Um, I've started, I get, as I mentioned earlier, I was um, speaking at conferences and things of that nature. Um, I got to work with a really cool organization that does student ministry curriculum. So I got to write um, curriculum for a retreat. Um, and right now I'm coaching with a church planting organization uh, in their marketplace cohort. So I'm, I've been brought on board to kind of pair um, what does it look like to do ministry um, via a business and, and driving that forward? So it's been really cool uh, to have them uh, kind of working in, in conjunction with, you know, calling qualified in terms of that's where the contractual relationship is. Um, so it's just been really cool to see God moving and opening doors, uh, having opportunities to speak at universities, even in the midst of this pandemic, doing uh, video sermons and sending it in and uh, seeing God bless and, and do those kinds of things and to have like the proper vehicle uh, to do it in. Cause I surely could have done very similar things underneath my traditional business. Um, but just being able to have the proper vehicle so that for instance, this summer, when it was time to fundraise for a ministry in the Philippines called Matiktik, uh, where that's the location, um, is Matiktik, I think it's Blessed Community Church. Uh, that's an outreach church there. We were able to fundraise and raise over $3,000 uh, to buy a nine-seat um, trike. Uh, so they're super excited. It's allowed them to go out and do ministry further away in the rain. They used to just pile up on a motorcycle um, or rent, you know, you know, small little trikes to carry all of their chairs and their instruments and things of that nature. Or maybe they were doing shoe fittings or maybe they're coming to, you know, uh, serve kids as a tutor and feed them and all of those things. So it's just really cool to see, you know what, um, I was able to mobilize people, uh, many of them via Instagram who don't really know me, not know me personally, um, and to see them give to this cause and to, again, have a vehicle to funnel the proper, you know, channels through, uh, to be able to hear a need on Facebook and say, hey, we can do benevolence through this ministry. Uh, so being able to, to meet a need, there's a sister who was like, I'm like 38 weeks pregnant. I have no hot water. My, 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 my washing machine just broke. And I am like, I, I don't know, did her power just go? I don't know. She was stressed and she was tired. She was in youth ministry. Um, and I just reached out to my board and was like, can we like just, she was asking for prayer, but I was like, yeah, you do need prayer, but you need like action, right? You know, the scriptures say if someone's, you know, says they have needs and you're like, oh, be warm and well-fed and you do nothing about it, then your faith is dead. Um, so I just yeah. went to my board and said, hey, can we just, can we just bless her? Can we do that? Uh, and so they were like, yes. Uh, so it was just great to be able to do that. I got my receipts <laughs> to confirm uh, that the money went to where it was supposed to go. Um, but it's just been really cool to see um, to see needs and to be able to address them in a way that um, is timely uh, and that makes sense and to have, um, to not be bogged down or to be hindered by like bureaucracy and hoops to jump through and just be like, you know, as God calls me to move and as my board says, continue to move, um, we get to move. Uh, and that's a really awesome thing. Yeah, that's incredible. 
And when we have everything in place, like you've taken those steps to get your foundation right, have everything in place, you know, have your board set up, it really sets you up to fulfill the calling that God's placed inside of you. Inshallah, one of the things that really struck me from what you just shared of your journey is that you didn't even, you, you knew that God had placed this calling in your heart and you had some sort of an idea of what it would look like, but it took a lot of faith for you to just start taking the steps forward. You're like, okay, I'm going to find out how to start a nonprofit. I'm going to Google this, even though I don't have the clearest picture. And I love how God blesses those simple steps of obedience, because I feel like so many people are even just afraid to get started because they don't have the clear picture. They don't have the clear vision. And I think it's in those moments when we just start stepping out that God begins to download the vision in a clearer way to us. He's just asking us to take the next step. And I think that your journey is a really beautiful picture of that. And um, even from just what you've shared about what you've been able to do in, in mission work in just the short amount of time that you've, you know, started your ministry is just incredible. And it also just makes me think of all these people who may even be listening and, and God's put a dream in your heart to do a ministry. You know, there are people on the other side of your calling that are waiting for you to step in to what God's called you to do. And um, because it's not just about um, what God has placed in our heart to see our own calling fulfilled. It's because our calling is meant to impact other people. And so um, Shala, I'm just excited for, you know, where God is is taking your ministry. And um, you mentioned that even during COVID, this strange year of the pandemic, it's, you know, at the forefront of all of our minds that um, God's even been opening up some uh, different opportunities for you. So um, I'd love to hear some more of your thoughts on even pursuing your calling in the middle of this unexpected season Mm -hmm. and what that's looked like for you. Um, Maybe even if you have just some encouragement that maybe God's spoken to you about this season, we'd love to hear. Yeah, it's easy pre-COVID, during COVID, to make excuses for the things that God has called us to do, right? We have, um, we have a tendency to tell God to wait. Uh, we have a tendency to look at all of the things that seem to be working against us instead of looking at the things that are for us, right? How do we innovate in this season? How do we continue to meet Um, So I thought it was uh, really cool. Uh, On Instagram, I'd done a devotional, someone had posted on the devotional. um, I'm new to the Bible. I don't really know how to read it. I sure wish someone would help me something along those lines. Uh, So I just replied and was like, hey, I'd love to study the Bible with you. She lives in Kansas. I'm in Maryland. So we do Instagram video chat Bible study. Uh, together. Um, I actually am studying with her later today. Um, And so it was just really cool to say, you know what, I don't have to be confined by space and time. Um, I don't need to have a a big church with a big band, with a big whatever, to do the things that God has called me to do, to be a disciple of Jesus, because at the end of the day, that's what we're called to do. Um, And whether or not there is a pandemic, whether or not uh, we got to stay in our homes, there are still people who need Jesus. There are still people who um, are trying to figure out how to um, walk in God, how to like solidify their faith and to feel confident um, in their salvation so that they can go and do the things that um, God has designed them to do. Uh, So I'm very much saying, you know what, hey, we're we're in whatever situation is, the whole church has had to shift right? Every church just about has had to figure out how to do uh, church online. Um, and I can see even as I'm coaching other people who are starting these uh, marketplace missional uh, businesses, I can see some process and be like, oh, I feel like all of my dreams are dashed. I'm supposed to be starting this thing that's centered around people gathering. Uh, but we just have to say, okay, people still have needs. People still need encouragement. People still need to be loved even more so than before. So how do you do that, you know, differently? So in youth ministry, in the ministry uh, that I work in, in a church, I'm like, okay, well, once a night we're doing youth night outside, 
we're going to figure this out. It's cold outside. Guess what? We're going ice skating. That's what we're going to do. Like we need to connect because I'm concerned about the mental health of my kids. Um, everything else has been stripped away from them. How do we be the bright light? Uh, there are some kids who come and join us just because it's fun right? They're a friend of a friend. They have no interest in Jesus, but I am confident that as the whore goes out, it does not come back void. And so if you just want to come, go zip lining with us, go to the bonfire with us, then we're going to make that happen. Uh, I'm going to need you to put your mask on, but we're going to make that happen. Um, and so I would just encourage people to say, okay, God, how do I not look at my limitations and how do I look at the opportunities that you have put before me? How do I operate within these constraints? Because that's the nature of anything, right? As long as you, unless you're on an island by yourself and you have no governing authority and you can do whatever the heck you want to do, you are always going to have some sort of constraint around you, whether it's time, place, money, and you have to make a decision that says, okay, God, if you have called me to do something, then there has to be a way. There has to be, I might not know it yet, but there has to be a way because you wouldn't ask me to do something that is impossible for you to do. And I think that's one of the things that um, makes being obedient to whatever the calling is so much more beautiful is because you know that it's not up to you. Because if it's up to you, then God gets no glory, right? It's just you operating and being, you know, super awesome in business or whatever it is that the world would do. Uh, but when you look back and you're like, yeah, that sure enough wasn't me. Like that's when, that's when it's like juicy good, like super juicy. Yeah. Like, yes, God gets all that actual like maximum glory. Um, and so I just say, it's a time to increase your faith. It's a time to say, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? Help me see the thing. Help me see the thing. Cause that's how I come like, God, I don't see it. I don't know how this is going to work. And I just have to keep listening to the voice. Okay, Shala, what do I know? What do I know? What do I know God has told me to do? Okay, let me focus on the what and not the how. The how belongs to God. I just need to know That's the what and move forward. Yes, I. that is so, so powerful. And I love how you said that God wouldn't call you to do something unless there was a way for it to happen. And that's so true. I think exactly like you said, we can get so caught up in the how, you know, I want the steps one, two, three, four, mm -hmm. I need it clearly laid out when God's just like, trust me, you know, take a step out on the water and just see what I can do. Cause it's not by our, our strength or what we can do. It's by what mm -hmm. he can do through us and with us. And so that's so powerful. And, um, I, just what we're, you were talking about with the pandemic, you know, you're talking about making sure that the mental health of our children is taken care of during this time. And it's really like now more than ever, people are needing the hope of Jesus in mm -hmm. the time that we're in. And um, it's just been incredible to see even at start churches, we've helped different churches and ministries get started this year, that there's actually been a huge growth in mm -hmm. ministry across um, the nation, really, because people are seeing that need and they're really rising to need it. You know, we've spoken to several um, organizations that are doing outreach and they're able to help different families train with at-home schooling for parents that are trying mm -hmm. to help their children or trying to get medicine for families in need or um, what whatever the, the need is for the moment. And so it's just really beautiful to see that even if it looks like a lot is going wrong, that, that the church in our country really is rising to the occasion in a time where uh, there's a lot of fear and confusion. Um, the church is really shining brightly. And so so it's, it's really encouraging to see that happen. So um, I, I know you mentioned a little bit just now about being on mission in the marketplace. So I would love to hear more about your vision for that and um, what, what you even see going forward in that area. Yeah, that's, the, that's one of my kind of current, like, okay, Jesus, how do I... <laughs> How do I do this? Because um, what I what I find is that there are a lot of people who um, who feel called to do something, right? Speaking, writing, um, helping uh, Christians grow. Um, what I'm trying to figure out is uh, how do I get super intentional about 
using my resources to advance God's kingdom. So uh, when I'm looking at a um, missional marketplace kind of business in general, you know, the kind of um, ministries that I'm coaching with right now, uh, one is starting um, a mobile donut shop. Uh, Another one is starting um, uh, or one has a cafe. Well, it was a cafe in New York, pandemic hit, they switched to a food ki- a food kitchen, food pantry. Um, and one of the cool things that they're doing, other than like feeding the community in the neighborhood, is they're hosting these nights where people can have conversation and they can have kind of the engagement and they're walking alongside the addict and they're walking alongside uh, the person who's just struggling and down and out. And it's a very practical hands and feet of Jesus kind of ministry. And you're using the vehicle that you have, right? The cafe, the donut. Um, I also own a co-working space. You're using these spaces to encounter people who need Jesus, right? Because all of these people are not going to find their way into a church building, right? Um, And sometimes we know many, we probably both know many people who have some level of church hurt uh, from one reason or another, um, who just need relationship. I was watching a conference, uh, um, a a Christian conference yesterday, and there was this great uh, pastor from Argentina, who's also a a neuroscientist, who was like, yeah, people aren't retaining sermons or being transformed by sermons like we think they are right like you you know even as a pastor I wish everyone like knows and memorizes all of my sermons and they go forth and life is just dramatically changed and repentance is just flowing from the rivers it's just not necessarily the case but what does change them are their relationships right discipleship is relationship building Um, and so looking at well how do we through business, through commerce, how do we say, you know what, I'm going to engage the local community. Um, and I, as I was kind of going through some of my own training, um, I remember at the beginning of starting a co-working space, I thought, oh, we're doing these happy hours to engage the community and drive membership and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I'm not a happy hour kind of person. Like I, I will brunch and lunch with you all day. Um, but I just, you know, when I'm cheap, I just want to go home and go sleep. Um, (laughs) And so as I, after a while, I was like, oh, we don't need to do this. I'm tired of this. This And as I kind of started re-envisioning or or not re-envisioning, but re-imagining what this could be or what this could look like, I kind of like felt a little dumb because I was like, oh, that, like, that's the space that's the space that you could have been engaging the lost, right? People who are not going to come to church with you, but they will go to happy hour with you. They will sit and have some chicken wings with you. Um, And in those spaces, you have the opportunity to just shine your light, right? You don't need to like whip out your pocket Bible and, and like, let's go to let's go to John. Let's talk about the Sermon on the Mount. Like you don't have to do all of that, but just being a light, being a Christian who has character and integrity, who serves well and who loves well, um, you get to be the person that they may then talk to when the Holy Spirit begins to nudge them because you connected with them over happy hour at the business thing. And so even now, granted, we're not going to be having happy hours because of COVID-19. However, it helped me to say, okay, Charlotte, like you can be far more intentional. Like you can take something that you kind of felt like, oh, it's just this. I don't really have time. I got more important things to do and say, no, no. Even though it's not my thing, it could be their thing. And this could be the place in which they encounter Jesus at the bar. (laughs) with a mimosa if that's if that's it um and then and then go from that so that just helped me to kind of say okay god like i can see these things i can see these opportunities differently right ministry does not necessarily need to look like traditional american church ministry um and there are so many more people even now most of my relationships in my community are from this business community um, and most of them know that I am a Christian and I, I have failed on my part to be better at standing in the gap 
and being present because I'm like, oh, I don't have time. You know, I am I can definitely be like, look, my best friends are going to be disciples of Jesus because I got to know who's in my circle. Bad company corrupts good character. All of those things are true, but I can't reach the lost. Jesus is like, I came to help those who are sick. Those who know they're sick are the ones that need a hospital. I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. And so Jesus was intentional about eating with the tax collectors, about ministering to the prostitutes, like, this is where Jesus hung his hat and he did ministry in that way. And that's one of the great things about like a marketplace ministry or a missional marketplace business driven ministry is that you get to, you get to seek and save the loss in a way that a, a traditional pastor who comes in, comes to my church, like they're not going to, they're not going to reach them for whatever reason. Um, but you might, that you might be the vehicle, the person, the environment that allows them to come in contact uh, with the spirit of Jesus. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I do too, Shala. And um, it's just incredible because I think a lot of people who, who love the Lord, who love Jesus, they feel conflicted because they want to make an impact for the kingdom of God, but they know that they're not called to be a pastor over a church. They're not called to lead a ministry, but I think even from what you're sharing, it will hopefully bring a, you know, sigh of relief because wherever God has placed you, whether you're in, you know, the marketplace, you're in entertainment, you're, you know, a stay at home mom, like God wants to use you where you are to make an impact because um, those are the people that you're called to influence are the ones that even he's put you around in your, you know, yeah. um, your, your other calling that's, that's outside of a traditional, you know, ministry setting. Um, and so yeah. I think exactly what you were saying, that's where we're going to find the lost often, and they're not going to be coming mm-hmm. into um, a church building. And even we found this year, the church has had to go out into the streets because we haven't been able to be in a building or we've had to, you know, um, just be in different, in different spaces or even just impacting people yeah. online. It's looked so, so different. And I think, I think too, that's been one of the blessings in disguise this year is that it's forced the church out of the building, um, so to speak. And so um, I, I, I just think there's a lot of wisdom and, and, and seeing those places as a mission field. And so Shala, I'm also wondering what your thoughts are, if you, if you have some that you want to share on specifically raising up leaders or coaching mm-hmm. leaders to be an influence in the marketplace or in a, you know, a sphere outside of the church. Yeah, I think um, when it comes to uh, raising up leaders, it's a, it's a lot of walking with people, right? Um, you're not going to get it in a ton of, you know, meetings and um, like, you know, staff stuff. It's the coffee time that you have with people. Um, as I, you know, even in, in youth ministry with my youth leaders, I would be intentional about having just discipling time. So I had a few different groups based on some of their different demographics. And we're just going to talk. We're not going to talk about youth ministry. We're not going to have a strategy conversation. How, how's life? How's dating? How's marriage? How's, how are these things? Right. Um, So that they know what it's like to uh, be loved up on. Right. We look at Jesus. Jesus didn't spend a ton of time um, preaching massive sermons. Right. He spent a lot of time intimately teaching, walking with parables, training, um, setting examples. And I think that's the way that we lead. And when you're doing ministry in a business, in a marketplace, your character and your integrity are critical to your witness, right? Um, You have to operate at another level um, of standard. Um, And that's something that I found even, uh, I used to own a design firm um, and there would be a lot of people who um, would over promise and hope they could deliver right? Because they wanted the business instead of just being truthful and being honest. Um, And so I was very intentional about um, the way that I operated in front of my non-Christian employees, right? I didn't have, you know, for the most part, most of them were not 
faithful church going people. Uh, they were good people. They had great hearts that, you know, we serve nonprofits. So they had a heart for the poor and the homeless and so forth and so on. Um, and so I had to be super intentional because I was, you know, very vocal about my faith. Um, uh, I had to be very intentional to say, you know what, I am, I am Jesus for them. Like I am representing Jesus for them. Um, and I do not want to do something, say something, behave in a way um, that would just turn them off from the gospel. Now, it's one thing if they're turned off because, you know, what the Bible standard is, is not what they want to abide by, right? But it couldn't be my character, right? The way that I treated people, you know, am I walking in the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Am I being loving and joyful and kind and gentle, right? Am I being those things? Um, and so I think that as we are raising up leaders, right, Christian leaders who want to go out and do the thing, right, and bring people to Christ and, and set the example, I think so much of that discipleship is based upon um, building their character, making sure that they're operating in integrity um, and understanding how, um, how the scriptures have to come to life in their life right? It can't be, here's my Bible, <clears throat> here's my life, right? This, you know, scriptures say to watch your life and your doctrine, right? So that you can save yourself and those who hear you. Um, they have to be able to come together. Um, so it is a very practical, you know, we, we, if you've been in church long enough, you've seen the, you know, I'm a Sunday Christian, not a Monday through Sunday Christian. Like, if you want to be a Christian, a business leader, like you, like, you gotta, like, you gotta be about it, like Monday through Sunday. It does, and that's, I mean, that's for everyone, right? Everyone who calls them a disciple of Jesus should be a disciple every single day. Um, but if you're a leader, it becomes that much more critical. If you want to influence people, if you want to drive a business that's going to do something for the kingdom, it becomes that much more critical that your integrity is together, right? So that no one can malign the word of God based upon the way that you behave um, and act. And sometimes as I've kind of um, networked with other like-minded marketplace missional people uh, who had, you know, Christian and non-Christian employees. So the Christian employees were a part of their like discipleship core. They're like, yes, we're about to be about the mission. We're going to love this neighborhood and this community, and it's going to be great. Sometimes it was the Christians that were acting the hot mess right. and the employee, the non-Christians were like, what is wrong with these people? Like that should that should not be how it is. And uh, this guy, he was like, yeah, all of the Christian events that people want to host at our space, we don't, we don't host them no more because they're the worst. And I was like, dang, oh, that's too bad. That's, that's so, so that's so sad. Cause they, you know, they, the Christians there, sometimes we're just so arrogant, right? We're so arrogant. And we were like, oh, I am chosen and called. I am blessed and highly favored. Do you not know that I should be treated with da, 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 da? like, dude, dude, Jesus said, son of man ain't got a place to lay his head, but yet you feel entitled because you are claiming all of the promises right now on this earth, instead of seeing that the promises are more than likely for eternity, not for here in America. Like it's just, it's just not it. But for whatever reason, sometimes we just the bougiest, just the bougiest, the most high maintenance folk, and nobody wants to work with us. You know, even um, so I, the area that I live in, in the DC area, I mean, it's like brunch. everybody wants to brunch. Everybody wants to brunch. But a lot of people hate the after church brunch rush because they're the cheapest. They don't want to tip. They act extra snooty. Like they don't like the church people. And that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, those that those who aren't in the church, you know, and they're the waiters, the waitresses that are experiencing that, that might be the only example they have of, of Jesus that they know this is the after church crowd. And if they're not living by the right example, that's going to speak louder than any words that they might, you know, hear preach to them. And so exactly what you're saying, integrity, character, and even humility are just so mm -hmm. important to demonstrate in our everyday lives, because that's what Jesus he modeled for us to live out. Yep. And that's the kingdom of God, you know, um, exemplifying those fruits of the spirit, being patient, you know, um, even with all the different tensions we face this year with politics mm -hmm. and social injustice, 
um, having just a heart that is demonstrating the love of Jesus is going to speak so much louder than even any arguments that we might have with somebody or no matter how right, (laughs) how right we we feel that we are, um, it all comes down to um, how are we treating one another? Are we exemplifying love? And um, I agree with you. I think those are um, such important factors as leaders, as we are just um, demonstrating Jesus out to the world around us, those who need to know that there is a hope beyond um, this world and what we can see that Jesus offers everything that we need. And yeah. uh, yeah. It's so relational. It's one of the, um, in a recent uh, uh, coaching session, uh, there's a new a new person into the kind of missional church planning who in his current businesses, he's like, it's so rough. You know, one of my, you know, one of my guys, his wife is divorcing him and I just don't know, like, it's just hard. Um, And I just heard that same story over and over again on the call, like so many hard things. And I said, you know, um, it's those relationships. It's walking with them. It's saying, hey, you know what? We're not going to like beat ourselves up. We're not going to go, you know, crazy intense on this work or on this project. Uh, but we need to be just people, right? We just need to walk with people. Uh, we need to love people through their challenges, right? You know, God didn't pay, you know, you're not paying them to, you know, deal, you know, be their ad hoc, you know, divorce care specialist. Um, but that's ministry, Right. God put you for whatever reason, they felt comfortable telling you about a very personal and private matter. Um, and God is giving you um, the, the position to be able to speak into their life um, in a way that, um, uh, that you have an opportunity to be heard uh, where other people may not be. Uh, and so don't get distracted by all of the business things, right? Um, but love them well. And that's one of the things that for myself, my, like, you know, you put a feather in your cap, right? The, the saying, my feathers in my cap um, were these cards that I would get from my employees' parents. Um, so maybe it was um, one of them lost their father. And I was like, hey, work from Ohio. I think they're from, uh, work from Ohio before telecommuting was just the, the normal. Work from there. If you don't get it all done, that's fine. Just, just let me know, take care of your mother, you know, take care of your family's business, you know, whatever it is you got to do, just let me know. And it'll be what it's going to be. Um, and I have another card from another, you know, employee's mom, because they wanted to like, I don't know, buy concert tickets and you had to have an American Express to buy it. So she was like, can we put this on the company card? And I reimburse you. I was like, yeah, okay. I don't care. Like have a great time with your mom. Um, and so it was just, little cards that say, Hey, thank you for loving my kid. Thank you for like, I know that you love them. Here's some cookies. Those are the things that made me feel like, okay, I'm doing something right. Like if I'm going to get a card from my employee's parent, right. They were, you know, my age, late twenties, early, early thirties at around this time, but really they're still involved with their parents' lives. And I was like, okay, like, this is the kind of impact that I want to make with them. Uh, one of my employees, when she came to me, she had a lot of acne from stress from her previous job and six months and her whole skin just cleared up because she was not stressed out anymore. And I just thought, yes, I'm gonna take that Jesus. Like this has nothing to do with how good she, she was an excellent web designer, she killed it. But I was like, there was a piece that she had right. from working with, with me and in this company where she could relax. She wasn't asked to stay late. I didn't overwork my employees. I was like, you know, we're gonna have a 37 and a half hour work week period. I wanna make sure that y'all have time. I don't, I'm not emailing you. I'm not texting you after work. Cause guess what? I'm not paying for your phone bill. So I don't have the right to do any of that. And so I just tried to like be very intentional about making sure that this was just the best work culture ever. You know, and so even some of them after, <clears throat> um, after they moved on, because, uh, you know, I was like, hey, man, somebody's paying you like 30 more thousand dollars. Bless the Lord. You go, you go do what you got to do. But they're like, yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to be in a place that had this good of a culture. Right. Or even coming from the next place or like, I didn't know how good I had it. 
<laughs> um, so those are the things that I'm like, okay, this is the kind of impact that I'm trying to make um, as a Christian. It may not mean that I make the most money that there is because I'm not working them like slaves and asking for 50, 60 hours out of the week. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm making sure they have great health insurance, even though I don't have to provide health insurance. Um, these are things that I say, okay, God, how do I make sure that I care well for the people that you've entrusted me with? Um, and how do I see this as part of my Christian duty uh, to just love them and to love them well and to set examples um, and to be a place of peace um, that makes them actually want to come to work and makes them think, hmm, maybe Christians aren't all bad. Like maybe, maybe there are some good ones out there um, uh, just so that there's hope, um, you know, for the future of the kingdom. Yes, that's so beautiful, Shala. And it's really, you know, you demonstrating and living out kingdom principles and kingdom values. Cause I think it was even Jesus himself who said, you know, treat one another the way that you would want to be treated, you know, do unto your neighbors as you want to be treated in return. And so um, it, it is really just demonstrating in a practical way, the kingdom of God. And I think that's a great tip for um, those in ministry, those outside of ministry. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think they're great keys to live by. Well, Shayla, now that we've talked about how to demonstrate kingdom principles, you know, whether we're in the marketplace or even just living out our lives as Christians, as children of God, what would you say to those who are listening and who may be feeling really discouraged in this season right now and maybe feeling like they don't feel qualified to do what God's calling them to do? What advice or encouragement would you have for them? Yeah, I think, um, I think it becomes critical to stay in the word of God. Uh, to stay in the word of God, to continue to read, to continue to pray, uh, and to be still and listen for what God is telling you. Um, because it's in those moments, at least for me, it's in those moments when God speaks so loud and so clear and his voice begins to triumph over my voice, my insecurities, my fear. But if I don't put myself in a place where I am submitted and surrendered and available to hear God speak, I'm constantly going to be bombarded by the world and its expectations, um, my own baggage, my own fears. Um, and so for me, at every point when I'm like, sweet Jesus, I have no idea what I am doing or how this is going to work. It is always when I just say, okay, I just need to sit and pray. I just need to open my Bible and not even like a huge, oh, I'm strategically reading out. I'm studying out. Let me research. Just open your Bible and read what God puts in front of you. And you will be amazed at the things that God teaches you, the things that he speaks to you to affirm you. Um, and I think the whole thought for me behind uh, calling qualified is that you don't feel qualified. By the world standards, you may not be qualified. But again, if God has called you to it, God gets to work out all the details. God gets to put the button on it that says, here you go, keep moving, keep doing. And if you are so daggone qualified, then again, God gets no glory out of that. He doesn't. So make sure that you just come with a posture of humility that says, God, I offer you whatever it is that I have, whether it's one talent, two talent, or five talent, I offer it to you. And I'm going to multiply because if you look at the parable of talents, the, the master gave the exact same response to the person with two talents as he gave to the person with five talents. Well done, good and faithful servant. He is not looking at what you can produce, how much you can produce, but that you do something with what he has given you. Whatever it is he's given, he's given you something, right? The Bible tells us that um, to each person, right, the Holy Spirit has distributed certain gifts, right, for the edification of the church and the kingdom, right? So what gifts has he given you, right? Maybe maybe you're not the, the pastor, shepherd, apostle per type of person. Maybe you're the person who excels in mercy. Maybe you're the person who excels at serving, right? We need those practical ministries. 
Um, and God can do really great things with them if you allow him to. So again, I just say, just sit with the word of God, just sit in his presence and allow him to affirm you um, and to speak louder than your own voice speaks over you. And then to just do, just do the one thing, just, just take the step that's right in front of you. Cause you don't need to see the 50 million. I want to see the 50 million steps, but I don't get to see the 50 million steps. I might just get one step. And so just do that. That's what I would say. That's such good advice, Shala. And we're just so grateful that you could join us on the podcast today. So let us know how we can stay connected with you. Do you have a website? What are your uh, social media handles that we can find you at? Yeah. Uh, so my website is callingqualified.org. Uh, uh, can get tongue tied spelling it, but callingqualified.org. I'm also on Instagram at callingqualified as well as Shala W. Graham. Um, and on Facebook, uh, same handles, Calling Qualified, as well as uh, Shala W. Graham. Where can you find me? Well, Shala, again, we just want to thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It was such an honor to have you. Thank you. I was excited to be here. And for our listeners, thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Call, and we hope that you'll join us again next week. Awesome. Wonderful. We did it. Yes. <laughs> I, I just loved our conversation. I had so thank you so much, seriously, for sharing your wisdom and just your experience. It was beautiful. <laughs> oh, Chris guy. Amen. I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to say on this podcast, but we're going to go for it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, um, and, um, so it's recording now and these we may use as an actual video. So, okay. which I will let you know about if that does happen, but you look great. <laughs> I was like, do I need another light to get these shadows <laughs> underneath? I'm a photographer. So I'm like, Oh, is this light? Right. Just, you know. <laughs> It looks want, good on my end. Okay. Like, we don't want crazy shadows. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're just going to, I'm just going to ask you um, basically about like how you heard about Start Church um, and just your experience. So whatever you want to say, you're welcome to. <laughs> okay. um, so Shala, tell us about your experience using Start Church, how you found out about us and um, what services you used. Yeah, so I learned about Start Church by a Google search, just trying to figure out like, how do you start a church, a ministry? I didn't know what necessarily to call it, but me and Google went to town uh, and then I found the Start Right process uh, and just kind of search through, watch the videos, uh, try to identify. There was a really cool, like, are you starting a church or a ministry? Like, what are the differences? And though that was very helpful for me to understand, like, what was I doing um, and what path did I need to go on? And so for me, the process was so easy to follow. I am like, if, if any of got any of my Enneagram friends out there, I am like a traditional one and I need perfection and I need a process and I need it to all be together and optimized in a system. Um, and so from the, you know, from the call within two weeks, I had my board figured out. I had all the things that Start Church needed in order to like do the process of registering my business so that within a month, uh, my business file stuff were filed with the state of Maryland and I got it back. Um, and the process literally worked exactly how they said that it was supposed to work uh, uh, in terms of timeline, um, things that I didn't even know needed to happen. <laughs> All of that stuff was just figured out for me uh, so that by the end of July, I got my 501c3. So timeline late December, just before Christmas is when, you know, we kind of signed the deal. January, the business was registered, got all the bank stuff together, did the bylaws, had my first board meeting in February, signed off on those things, sent something else back. The paperwork went off to uh, the IRS, I think by April. And then by July, I had it back. Um, and then I just got my sales use and ex exemption certificate in the mail. 
um, just recently. Um, Marilyn gave me a little bit of a problem with because I thought I was a church. So it was great to just be able to reach out to Star Church, say, hey, I got this letter. They drafted a letter in response to me and I sent that off and then I got my certificate in the mail. Um, so it's just been really helpful. So I did the Star Church process. I also hired uh, Star Church to do my compensation agreement package. Uh, the uh, self-employment exemption. Um, and there is, I felt like I'm missing a third thing. Oh, housing allowance. Um, so I added those things to my package um, when I you know, started this process, because I just wanted to make sure that I had everything in place. Like, even though I'm not, you know, making like a traditional salary off of this ministry. Um, I wanted to make sure that Lord willing, when when the time came, um, that I knew what needed to happen um, and I had the things in place. So it's just been great to have like wise professional counsel, even with questions around, well, what is a part of the housing allowance? Because I'm reading this says and this says, but what's actually true and accurate. Uh, so it's just been great to have people that I can either call or email um, and, and get answers to the questions that I have um, and know that it was done right. So even now, like now that I have all of the pieces, every time I get something, I'm like, I got it. I did it. Yay. And just knowing like, if it were up to me, if I had to do this on my own, all of these pieces, I would probably still be at step one, like a year later, because I would have dragged my feet. Um, a lot of people going into any kind of business structure often get analysis paralysis. Um, and without accountability with someone saying, hey, we need this, email me back when you have done it. <laughs> um, we don't do stuff. Um, so it was just really helpful for me to say, okay, I have someone who's holding me accountable, who knows the steps, who's going to draft all the bylaws, who's going to fill out the 501c3 documents to make sure that it nine times out of 10 is going to go right, who's going to give me wise counsel on whether we do the easy or the traditional and, and why. And uh, so it was just helpful to just know that it's done. I have other colleagues in my close network who um, also use Star Church. I didn't know it, but they also use Star Church for the same reasons uh, because they know it's just going to get done and it's going to get done right. Um, and it's one less thing for me to have to think about uh, when I got 50 million other things to think about. That was awesome. So Shal, I'm just going to ask you one more question. And so would you recommend Start Church services to your colleagues or your anyone you know? <laughs> I would definitely recommend Start Church to anyone who's looking to either start a church um, or to start a ministry. I even have my existing church using Start Church to help them get their documents in order because sometimes when you start a church, you don't even know what the things are. Um, and so as we dug in, there were some things that needed to be fixed. Uh, and so they hired Star Church as well, uh, based upon my recommendation and experience with Star Church. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what God is going to do to make sure all of the things are proper and in order. Uh, so I highly recommend if you're looking for an organization to help you streamline the process and to make sure that you are operating in excellence, uh, go ahead and hire Star Church. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. 5718. We would be honored to serve you.